Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 453 of the Juicebox Podcast. Hey, I've got a treat for you today. It's another in the How We Eat episodes. So going back to episode 373 was called How We Eat Vegan Cat. Number 400, How We Eat Carnivore Diet with Dr. Paul Saladino. Episode 405 was How We Eat Plant-Based. Episode 439, How We Eat Gluten-Free. And today, How We Eat Low-Carb with Susan. Susan has type 1 diabetes and a real passion for low-carb eating. This episode is going to outline all of that for you. And much, much more. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. And you can find out more about the glucose monitor that my daughter has been wearing for, jeez, oh, uh, forever? She's 17. She started wearing it when... My God, let me look real quick. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. That took a lot of Googling and searching on my own site. But Arden got her first Dexcom on June 4th. 2010, which means that today is March 15th, 2001. Arden's been wearing a Dexcom continuous glucose monitor for 11 years. Find out more at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. You will not be sorry. Keeping up with the theme from today, I look to see that Arden's first Omnipod was delivered on February 2nd, 2009. To our house by FedEx. I have a little thing here that says the FedEx driver just delivered Arden's first supply of Omnipods today. Arden is very excited. Today she'll begin her trial period. And then over the next 45 days, we'll make ourselves comfortable with the pump and then do a live sailing test. Blah, 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 blah. Wow, there's a lot that happened back then. February 2nd, 2009 to March 2021. So plus 10 is 19, 21. Arden has been wearing an Omnipod for 12 years. You can get a free, no-obligation demo of the Omnipod sent directly to you now, or find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial. Like, think about that. You can either get, like, one pod to try on to see if you like it, or you can get 30 days of the Dash to actually use for free? Are you kidding me? You should check that out probably, too. Find out if you're eligible for that 30-day trial, or just get yourself a free, no-obligation demo at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. There are links to all the sponsors in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click the links, you're supporting the show. My name is Susan Cuter, uh, cuter than my sister. Um, <laughs> that's how people remember my name. Do you believe that that's how she introduces herself as well? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Absolutely not. And she rolls her eyes and she'll hear this and she'll call me. She'll say, you have to stop saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
And I live in Arizona, Mm -hmm. where it is currently uh, 63 degrees to all you winter folks. And I... I'm a rock star mom and Mimi and wife and a substitute teacher and a county advocate and a political badass and um, type one diabetic for 37 years. Wow. Okay. And we are going to talk extensively about how you eat. Um, Yes. But before we do, I think it's possible that you and I need to make sure we understand our relationship. (laughs) So, So here's how I, here's how. It would not come to a surprise you, I would imagine, to learn that I don't really know everybody who's on the Facebook page or listens to the podcast or anything like that. Um, and right. I, I do my best to pay attention, and I do start to um, like the you know the people's little pictures. Like I start to recognize them or names or something like that. And then they change them, right? Yeah. Well, but you, <laughs> so I I know you backwards, and I'll tell you how. Like I first know you as a person who came into the Facebook group, the private one. Mm-hmm. And was just doing and is doing an amazing job of sharing how you eat with people. Okay. Uh, really. And, and so I'm like, Thank I'm paying. Oh, please. It's my pleasure. I'm thrilled you're doing it there. And mm-hmm. you don't eat in, um, you know, you're not eating like a standard American diet. And you do a very good job of talking about it without making people feel badly about it and, and all this stuff. And, oh, I've Thank you. always been really thrilled with how you do it. And okay. then one day I'm looking at that little picture and I'm like, I'll be damn, that looks like the lady I met in Arizona one time. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I um so I like I kind of blow the picture up a little bit and then I'm trying to remember. So for people who don't go to things to speak, and I'm no like, you know, I, I do it a little, but I'm not it's not like I'm out there doing it every day. Ari- uh-huh. Arizona was a specific situation for me because I needed to get back to be at my son's first ever college baseball game. Right. So I got I did some talking in a couple of different rooms that day. And after the last one, they told me, like, you know, get down off the stage. You can stand here for a minute and collect yourself. And then we're taking you to the airport. And so I'm a little disheveled. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'd only been in Arizona for probably 24 hours at that point. I was already heading back to the airport to leave again. It was a long flight. And I get kind of pulled out of a room. And there you are. Okay, wait, but I didn't pull you out of no, the room. No, no, someone else pulled me out. Let's clarify that. Yes. Okay, Let's thank you. Let's be clear. Susan did not rip like, me from a room. <laughs> I was not trying to kidnap you or anything. Not at all. You know? I, I believe Vicky was like leading me out yes, to the car. Yes, it was Vicky. Okay. Yes, our mutual friend. Right. And Vicky's been on the show and done a terrific job um, on the show a couple of times. And so she's. I'm just being whisked away. Like, I'm just, I'm a rag doll. Like, take me where mm-hmm. I'm going, get me to the airport. And we get out there. And I don't remember the conversation, like, word for word. Um, and I was really beat up. I remember being told that you eat low carb and that you might not like me. And that's really all I knew. <laughs> and 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 I would say that that is an accurate memory. Good, good. So I, I, like so we're yeah. clear. But now yeah. you know me differently. Do you like me now? I like you better. Ha <laughs> ha, that's excellent. Okay, great. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> So you have a, 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 I would say you hold fairly um, closely guarded feelings about carbs and people with type one. Is that right? I do. Why don't you tell me about it? Well, I've I've been diabetic since I was a freshman in college. I was diagnosed. Now you all know how old I am. Okay. So um, I was diagnosed 
when my parents were living 1400 miles away from me, mm-hmm. I was in a town where my college was go big red. And I sat on an exam table in a student health. And he said, you're type one diabetic. And I said, okay, I have a math midterm in three hours. Can you just like, give me a shot or give me the RX and let me go. And he's like, Oh no, 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 no. So the next day I had to come back and meet with like an endocrinologist who I think was a visiting endocrinologist at student health. And he was old, white haired, and I'm sure had been practicing very successfully in my small town for lots of years. But he looked at me and he said, there's a cure 10 years down the road. And I'm like, sweet, I can wait that long. And he said, but the cure is not going to be for everybody. He said, the cure is going to be for the healthiest, best controlled, and most willing to do what it takes. And I'm like, I can do that too. I mean, I'm a corn husker and I'm a freshman living alone. I I can do this. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. And he said, eat lots of meat, eat, you know, protein. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think he called it protein back then, but he said, stay away from cookies and cakes and pop, which is what we call it in Nebraska and fruit and grains. He said, they're horrible for diabetics. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I mean, I'll eat a pork chop and a hamburger. That's fine. I I can do that. He said, no potatoes, no starches. And I'm like, oh, wait, hang on. (laughs) This just changed. Wait a minute. What about a baked potato? What are you saying about a baked potato? (laughs) What about a baked potato? And he said, you can have it. He says, because you're going to be taking insulin. He said, but it's going to be easier if you avoid those foods. Okay. And this is- And I'm like, okay. And then he ended it with, and I say this today- because yesterday was the inauguration and he said, you can have cake the day you get married and you can have champagne the day a woman is elected to the white house. He was trying to tell you not to drink, I think. Well, yeah. and maybe, <laughs> but what college person drinks champagne? Probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, you're t- and that was 37 years ago. Yes. Okay. Eight, nine, yes. 10, 11, four, Borrow one, borrow mm-hmm. another one. Hold on, I'm doing some quick math here. 11, mm-hmm. Keep going. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Hold on, God damn it. 8, 9, 10. That's an 8. 1984? Yes, God yes. Hell. I used the pen for that, just so you know. I figured you did. <laughs> you should, yeah. So, um, so that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I left that doctor's appointment. I mean, he also told me some horrible things. He said... You're really young, he said, and your parents live far away. He said, you probably should go home at the end of this year and just assume that you're going to stay there because college is going to be very hard and no one's going to want to marry a diabetic. So you're not going to be married. He said, you should go home, move back to Florida and focus on taking care of your parents the rest of their lives. Wait, you said 1984, not Exactly. First, wow. So you he was he was very old. He, I mean, he was a geriatric endocrinologist. I understand. I mean, okay. he, he was a little white haired man, mm-hmm. and and I was like, well, screw that, man! I am the first person to take on a challenge mm-hmm. in any group. You ask everybody, I will raise my hand first, and I'm like, mm, I'll prove him wrong. Right. 
And he said, you're probably never going to have kids, which is another reason no one's going to ever want to marry you. And he said, work will be very difficult. So career choice, you're really looking at just more jobs than careers. And this is, this is to an 18-year-old who's sitting away from her parents in a tissue paper gown on an exam table. Yeah, horrified. Um, well, and, and I geez. left and I had to drive home to my dorm. And I'm like, well, that was, that was kind of a crappy way to end my day. Mm. Did you believe him? For a moment, I did. But then my grandfather was type 1 diabetic as was his mother. Um, So the first person I call after my parents is my grandmother who lived in Nebraska where I was going to college. My grandmother did. And I called her and I'm like, I'm, I'm type one, just like your husband was. I I never knew my grandfather. He died when my father was three. So I said, so I said, I I'm type one, just like, and she was distraught and whole, and I mean all, all the emotions, but he he did great things in his life. And this was a lot of years ago. He was uh, born in 1919 mm-hmm. and died in 1945 or 46. Wow. But he was an Olympic track athlete. He went up to medical school. He was a successful OBGYN in his town. He was, you know, he and she's like, if anybody can do it, Susan, you can. Now, now you're getting some better advice, at least. That's excellent. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and so while my grandmother was terrified and she felt guilty and it was, you know, all the emotions, like I said, she gave, she built on what the doctor said in the first half of our visit, which is, if you want that cure that's coming down in 10 years, because we know it's coming. Um, we just didn't know when to start the clock for the 10 years. Um, he said, it's only going to be for the best of the best. It's, it is. He says, he talked about complications and he's like, they are not going to waste a cure on somebody who's got complications. And I'm not editorializing here about complications and cures and all that kind of stuff. This I'm just saying the guy said that's, what he, yeah. that's what he told me as a teenager. Right, right. No, I understand. No, I, and I, so I, I raised my hand and I'm like, listen here, dude, the line forms behind me. And I'm sitting here on the floor in my closet with my hand in the air, just so you know. <laughs> in case we um, have to, in case we have to bring this up in court ever. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, so I took that, and now two days later, I had to go to a diabetic class at a hospital in our town, and I was the I was the youngest person by probably thirty years in the room, and I was the most close to my normal healthy weight, and I was the only type one. So that was my way of saying I was in a group of morbidly obese type two diabetics who already had gross complications amassed. And that's where they stuck you for your learning. And that's where they stuck me. Yeah. Because there was no learning. Right. So they're talking about breakfast of oatmeal and orange juice and half a banana and an English muffin with margarine on it. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound anything like what he told me two days ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, no, you're type one. She says, I don't teach type ones. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I kind of left there going, I'm, I'm on my own. But I remembered what the doctor said, and I've remembered it for 30-some years. Now, have I always followed it? No. Has because, it worked? Because let's face it, I was a teenager in yeah. college. Right, right. 
but I did a lot of self-experimenting. And, and, you know, we as diabetics are a living science experiment every hour Mm -hmm. or every day or every week. And I knew that if I just had a double hamburger and asked the lunch ladies in my, in my dorm to, to leave the bun off and just give me extra pickles and extra cheese, I had a much better afternoon. And what was the insulin you used back then? It was, was it regular and MPH? It was, right? It was, it was regular and NPH, but I think I even started, I was looking, trying to look it up last night. I think it was Lente, L-E-N-T-E. And no meter, right? Like no portable meter. Oh, no. And actually I left the doctor's office with the little cups and sticks and the tablets for your urine and everything. Right. And then my mother flew up the next week to be with me. Um, and that week we got a phone call while she was there saying, you can now buy a home meter. But it was so, I mean, I only, like you had to I only tested my urine for a couple of days. I got you. Um, but I had a meter and it was $600 and I picked it up at the Walgreens on O Street. <laughs> I'll never forget walking in there. No kidding. So I have to tell you, you, yes. you, you were diagnosed my best memory four or five years prior to my friend, Mike, who, if you listen to the podcast, you know, passed away about a yes. year or so ago. And as horrifying as I find th- what you went through, and I do, based on the technology back then and the insulin back then, I imagine that you are in the condition you're in today because that person said those things to you. And I, I hate to prognosticate, but if somebody would have scared my friend Mike like that, I think he might be alive still. So, oh yeah. Right. I, I would, I would absolutely agree. And I, yeah. and I mean, this doctor in my memory is a very love hate. I mean, yeah. he talked about amputated feet and blindness and um, no children and no husband and, and blackened fingers and all of that. But he also gave me the best advice. That was available then. That was available yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard not to, if you're listening, it's hard maybe for you not to feel emotional about that, that the harshness of the advice, but you have to remember the timing of it. The timing of it is no, no fast acting insulin, uh, no meters that you can just check with constantly to see what your blood sugar right. is. This was, this was somebody trying to tell you like, look, we are going to approximate insulin in your body and mm-hmm. the fewer carbs you take in, the easier this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, and, and you are, how, I mean, we don't have to guess, right? 37, you were probably yeah, in college. Yeah. You're probably about 58 right in there. <laughs> yeah. Right? Did I do it? Did I hit it right on the head? No, no. <laughs> are you laughing because I picked a number that's much higher or much? Never mind. Mid-50s. Mid-50s. Mid, let's mid-50s. say that. Okay. Yes. All right. So you were in high school when you were five. I understand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No. I was. <laughs> but no, but but my point is, is you've lived a very long time. So, so I guess... I guess we can all understand that as a as a teenager, you weren't perfect about it. But kind of skip, no. skip ahead a little bit to where it became just a normal thing for you. Just this is how I eat. I mean, low carb in low, general? Low carb in general. Like when would you say that you just settled into it and, and this was just your play? Well, I, I, I was very much settled into it. And I mean, we didn't call it low carb then. It was back when we were doing starches and exchanges and all that. BS. Um, we didn't call it low carb. I just knew that if I indulged on Italian night at the dining hall, I didn't sleep because I was hot and sweaty and had a headache and my mouth hurt. Mm. 
I did better if I indulged on ribeye night. <laughs> I think it's great. No, I think it's great for people to hear that that was the thought process for you. That yes. it, it wasn't that, you know, I tested a bunch and I saw these numbers and I chased them around and all the things that people feel now when their blood sugar goes up and they have this technology to see things. That it right. was just really, if I eat it on Italian night, I'm going to feel sick mm-hmm. later and be sweaty and not feel good. Right. Right. So right. And, and I was a student in college. On top of all living, that. Living by myself, which meant, uh, you know, you had you got to get yourself up and you got to get yourself over to the dining hall and damn it, you got to get to class. Yeah. Right. Whether you want to or not. And and that's easier to do if you feel better. Well, yeah, that's just and it's easier to do if you sleep well. Right. And um, so that doesn't mean that I didn't go to the movie theaters and eat popcorn at the time. And that doesn't mean that I didn't have hot dogs at Memorial Stadium. Mm-hmm. But when I could and, and 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 I told my doctors at the time that I was doing this and they're like, why? Why are you doing this? Old man yelled at me when I was wearing a paper dress. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And but I but but it came down more to I'm I'm kind of a wimp and I'm lazy. And I don't like feeling bad. And I like it to be easier. And this just did and listen, I, I have to be completely honest with you. I don't subscribe to a way of eating, you know, um and I nobody in my family does either. Um and I don't have any trouble in the world with how people eat. This is why I've been doing these conversations. I think it's also why it's fairly unique that online, in Facebook, that you operate completely well inside of a Facebook group where people are there to learn how to use insulin so they can eat carbs like or whatever they want. I, I, will, I will tell you, Scott, that I'm... When, when I'm, I don't know, when I hit 65, I'm probably going to publish a book from all the nasty messages I get. <laughs> well, no, but, but yeah, but I'm certain that people are, are initially shocked because you probably feel to them like that doctor felt to you. Although I right. have to be honest with you. I think, I think you do a very good job of talking about it. I have seen other people talk about it. And if you were like them, I would have asked you not to do it. Like and, and you're not. Yeah. I just I think you're a very you're a mirror. You're like, look, this is how I eat. Here's the food. Here's how I make it. These are my results, and and that's to me is just a smart idea for everyone to understand. I'm not saying anybody should be. I and I try to say this in every one of these episodes. I don't care if you don't eat chicken or if you don't eat fish or if you're a vegetarian or right. if you don't eat. None of that matters to me. I don't imagine that even if I knew the perfect way to eat. Like, let's mm-hmm. pretend for a second there was one and it worked for everybody. I couldn't even imagine how to make everyone believe that. So right. it's always been my idea that however you eat, I'm just hopeful that you understand how insulin works so you have a real chance at it. And yeah. I think that's why I like you more than I did two years ago at that February type one summit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've I've listened to more of your podcasts and I've picked up on that. You You really do want the best for people using achieve through proper use of insulin. Yeah. However much that means, whether you use five units a day or whatever. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Thank you. I do, however, also subscribe to the fact that insulin is one of the most dangerous injectable liquids we have. Yeah, you definitely hurt yourself with it. Yeah. And that's what scares me. And I know we're not, you know, we're never supposed to, I hate it when people say, oh, how much basil is your five-year-old using or how much, because you can't, we need what we need. I get mm-hmm. that. It, and I 
say it all the time. Don't look at my basils, look at your basils and make sure yours are dialed in. Yeah. Don't look at my bolus, but it does. It, there are times that I'm taking a break at school and I f- refresh my Facebook page and I see somebody who's put up a picture of their PDM or their T-Slim and they've got six and a half units on board and a temporary basal rate dialed in. And I get nauseous. But so I want to know why though. And, and if you don't know, that's fine. If it's just a, a guttural reaction, but is there something that happened or was like, what put you into that mindset? Because I, I genuinely believe that somebody who gets diagnosed today who finds the podcast, comes on, has the technology to see everything, will probably never feel that way. But you do, and I'd, I'd love to know why. Not in because a judgmental I, way. I, it will, but it just comes back to the food. Because if you don't eat, if you don't eat the huge amount of carbs right. that some people are sharing that their kiddos eat, then you don't need those huge doses and that's where the danger comes in. Do you expect that that's how people eat every day? I don't. Well, I mean, when no, I mean, do okay. they eat the the waffles and the cream cheese and the maple syrup and the orange juice? No, I don't. I, I mean, Lord, I was a mother for a lot of years. Well, mate, I'm still a mother, but <laughs> yeah, they don't. Take I that made breakfast that. for my kids for lots of years, and I didn't cook like that every single day before school. Right. But, you know, like the cereal, I mean, seriously, there is very little redeeming nutritional value in any bowl of cereal. Yeah, it's terrible for you. It's 100% terrible for you. Right. And, and my, but so, people oh, work so hard to try and figure out how to keep their kids so that they can eat it. So that's not how I see what they're doing. And And let me see if I can give you my perspective. Okay. I think that in a 16-week football season – they're trying to go 14 and two, right? That's what they're shooting for. And okay. and when they beat the Texans or some other team that's an easy win, they don't get in line and tell anybody about it. But when they take down Tom Brady, then they throw up a picture on social media. They're like, yo, look what we did. We beat Brady. I beat Aaron Rodgers this week. I, I, I think they show the real big wins. And I think that the skills that they get beating Brady – are then put into play in the weeks when they play the Texans. So if you can crush a waffle and not cause any kind of a spike, imagine how well they're doing on the days when they're having, you know, a BLT, a half a BLT and a little bit of a a salad or, you know, avocado toast or something like that. These things then are no trouble for them at all. They just show up, put their pads on, run these things over with no trouble. So, I mean, I, I, I don't bother sharing when I, you know, can keep a line flat that's 20 carbs in a meal because that's just a that's just easy at this point right you know what i mean like that's how i see it now and and i want to expound and say wait wait i want to interrupt you please i'm sorry no don't be sorry so you said a meal with 20 grams of carbs and you kept a straight line or a a level and i hate that i hate it when we talk about flat lines because seriously that's death to me um but so what if you ate that way all the time? And and what if I could share with you my amazing waffle recipe that fits into that category? No, I, I think that for anybody who wants to do that, that's terrific. What I'm saying is I go back to I don't know that I could 
impact everyone in the world to do that. It's my expectation that more often than not, even though it's completely unredeeming calories, and I agree with you, a box cereal is what some people are going to eat. And if someone if someone doesn't teach them how to use insulin for that cereal, they're still going to eat the cereal. And then they're going to struggle with their health in, yes. in, in, in multipliers of ways. My idea is I can't teach everybody how to eat. Um, I can't, but I can share what I found that works for managing those things. If those are things or what you choose to eat. I think the problem becomes is that from, from a perspective similar to yours, and I don't think you, but from a, sp- a perspective similar of yours, it's easy to see like, oh, that guy, he's pushing eating poorly. Or he he wants you to use a ton of insulin. I don't I don't none of that matters to me. I don't give a shit what you eat. I'm just right. saying I'm just saying everyone's going to eat a different way. They at least deserve to understand how the insulin works. And and I would say that the education you do, teaching about I mean basal testing is vital mm. with a capital V for diabetic success and diabetic control. And yeah. even though I don't like that phrase either, control. Um, it's vital. So you teach about that and you teach about pre-bolusing and you teach about uh, extended bolusing, I think. Um, and it, it is important because Lord knows that the medical culture, endocrinology, diabetic dietitians, diabetologists, whatever the heck that is, they are lacking grossly. I believe that the general the general teaching is begins with an idea of these people don't have a working pancreas their blood sugars are just going to spike and mm-hmm. then then it becomes the idea of like well you know we just don't want it to go too high or we don't want it to stay high too long to me it seems like showing up at the game and saying oh we're definitely going to lose and I don't think that you have to have type 1 diabetes eat carbs and have poor health outcomes. Like like right. you know what I mean? And and it's not to say that I and I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. I think it's completely obvious that if you eat fewer carbs, managing type 1 diabetes is incredibly easier. Like mm-hmm. it just it just is. There's there, there's there can be no way around that. I've never tried to make the point that it wasn't. Um right. but but and to hold two things up at the same time that are now 2 years apart from each other. If I come in there and try to have this more thoughtful conversation when I'm going to show up and speak at a JDRF event, for example, there are 500 people there who I'm not going to get the message to that there is a way to put insulin in the way of carbs and create less spikes and fewer lows. Yes. So, so I have to you're kind right. of just you're, jump you're right You're going to turn off it. a lot of people, especially yeah. the mamas who are sitting there. Yeah, because they don't want their kids' lives to change. And and that's even reasonable. So so it's a weird thing because I have to come in like a ninja, say enough that makes you believe that there's a way to use insulin correctly and enough to make you believe that there's information out there, whether it's my information or someone else's, that you can go find that might lead you down this path. And I have to get out and be reasonable. And if I start with, don't get me wrong, if you eat absolutely no carbs, this will be easier not only will it maybe turn some people off, but maybe it'll just give them the idea that, well, then that's not possible. And while I think you live very happily eating the way you eat, there are some people who eat that way and are tortured by it. And so yeah. I just want people to have options. That's all. No, and options are good. And and do I occasionally um, make a decision 
that goes against my normal day-to-day life? Absolutely. What's one Absolutely. of the things that gets you, Susan? What, what are it's one of the, very few and far between. But, but what is it? Like, what is the thing that just makes you go, oh, screw it. I'm eating this. Uh, most recently, it was a margarita out at a restaurant. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds and right. it was just, it was like, you know what? I said, I said, I'm not supposed to say, I'm not supposed to drop an F-bomb. My husband said that before I walked into the closet. Don't <laughs> drop an F-bomb. I can I just out. said, to heck with it. I said, I'm having a margarita. Right. And I was probably halfway through and my Dex was going off. And I'm like, this is not going to end well. And he's like, we're leaving because uh, I know how this goes. <laughs> he says, and then you just beat yourself up the whole night and our whole evening out is ruined. And, and he says, so let's just go. Just put the margarita down and let's go home. But if I was with you and we were having dinner, I think I could have bolused for the margarita. And, and, well, and I did. I mean, I tried to. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that, and I don't see it as a problem. It, the problem with people that say, and I, I talk to them all the time, well, we eat really low carb on the weekend, but then once we get back to school, he, he, you know, mm-hmm. Katie bar the door and, um, that's hard. To bounce much back and harder. Forth. Well, yeah, because your settings, around. your settings so, are so much different. So what? Because because your settings are so much different. If you're eating low carb for a number of days, your basal exactly. will be lower. Your ratios for meals are lower. Then all of a sudden you shift back. You don't see it coming. You're not ready with the settings. Then everything jumps up on you. Right. Yeah. And so even though I ordered what what my restaurant where we were is, was called a skinny carb, I mean a skinny margarita, um, I you know I looked it up online and I bolused and I waited until it came and blah blah blah. It I still was just off the charts. Yeah. My chart. Can you, yeah, I was going to say, can you give perspective for that? How many carbs were in it and where did your blood sugar get to that it was a long I, I bolused for 32 carbs and I, my alarm started going off at 120. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was watching it, so I knew it was going up, but, it, but I was, I was diagonal arrow up at 120 and I think I topped out at 160. Um, I had a temporary bolus. I was, I was walking. I, you know, doing everything I could to get it down, and I got it turned around real quickly. Yeah. Um. But it, but I don't feel good. It's and that's the other thing is I I'm very sensitive because I'm so keyed into my range. Sure. Um. Literally, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I feel hot, I know it's because my blood sugar's over one ten. Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I believe that. I, I have to be honest. I mean, for me, 145 is the top of where I would want Arden to be after a meal. And I'm not one of those people who tries to keep an incredibly flat line. I just think that, you know, I've worn a CGM. I've seen the natural kind of rise and fall of my own blood sugar. And I over 145 is where I start thinking like, oh, I messed this up somehow. And right. And, right, and I try to bring it back in. What I'm saying is, using the margarita as an example, your basal rates are set up for a person who eats low carb and then you tried to just bolus for something that was liquid sugar. Absolutely. No, yeah. it was I'm like I said, I'm yeah. it was a it was a bad day. But but had <laughs> you an hour decision. before that jacked your basal up a little bit and been like, Okay, mama gonna live like this now for a little while, then I think your bolus works better and you don't get into the one sixties, is my point. Yes. And, yeah. and and probably, but I mean it this was a spur of the moment decision. Of course, of course. And so um, and I basal test about every other month mm-hmm. where I fast from dinner on Monday to breakfast on Wednesday. Okay. And so I turn off basal IQ and I just let it ride. Mm-hmm. 
Just and so I sure know my basils for how I eat and how I live and my activity level and my job and all of that. I, my basils are set perfectly for me. Can I ask a question? Is there yes. anything about the podcast that's valuable to you in a low carb life? Like, have you, are you employing anything in your life that you've gotten from me or this podcast? I love listening to people's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I use the T-Slim um, and I only use basal IQ. I don't use the control IQ. Okay. I'm only two and a half years into my Dexcom. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't, I don't need tips on my pumps or Dexcom or right. anything like that. I, lo- I love the connection to people because I love hearing stories because we all have different stories. Yeah, me too. No, I'm glad. I, I, I really am. And, and I hope that I'm, I'm sure I haven't so far, but because we're halfway through, I'm just going to say it out loud. I hope you, I, I hope you just remain happy. I hope everybody's happy. Like I'm not over here thinking like, Oh, I'd like to dangle a pizza under this person's nose. Like, I don't think that way. I'm just, well, and the thing yeah. is, is you could, <laughs> it was like, seriously, it, that I, I'm not one of those people that because this is how I eat, I can't have Doritos in the house. Right. And I can't order. I mean, my husband, when we order pizza, we order from a place that has a keto crust. And I order that one. And he orders the double pepperoni New York style. And that's how it goes. Yeah. Oh, that no, I doesn't think that's bother. Terrific. I mean, I I I make sugar cookies every Christmas for dozens and dozens of people. And I don't have one. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I realize that not everybody can. Yeah. No, I mean, I get I, you're 100% right. Like people's level of... Uh, uh, resolve around food. Yeah. 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 And, and how much of it do you, I would characterize this as probably being true, but you have so, I would imagine little sugar in your system that you're not getting hit with that, that kind of, um, more, more drug related, like the, like the, what do they say? Like sh- addiction. more addiction than, yeah. than, than some drugs. Right. And so, right. and I've, I've had that happen as well. And by the way, I'm a proponent of every once in a while, just going, I'm not going to eat for a day or so. And just, you know, stopping for a while. Um, you know, I made handmade pizza this week Yeah, and I knew like, and they're just little, like, you know, 230 gram balls of dough and it's, it's cold fermented and made out of, you know, uh, better flour. It digests very easily. I, I, I watched it not really impact anybody's blood sugar too terribly at all. It was terrific. Um, but at the same time, I think, well, I'm going to make pizza, eat pizza, have some leftover pizza. And then probably on the third day, Scott's probably not going to eat on the third day, <laughs> you know, like, or I'll be five pounds heavier when I wake up the yeah. following week. So yeah. I just, and I do, yeah. I'm a big proponent of, of fasting, um, intermittent fasting, overnight fasting, basal testing, fasting. I know you can't do it with kiddos. I totally understand that. But um, there's, there's, I personally believe that being in a fasted state is, it has some definite benefits. It's a huge energy burst. I can, I'm like the energizer, energizer bunny because you're running on, on ketones Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. Right. No, I take, you know, as a person who doesn't have diabetes, I take very seriously the idea that, uh, a number of generations back and not that long ago, people didn't get to eat every few hours. Every, and, every, yeah, yeah they exactly. Were, they stayed alive just fine. So, right. um, yeah, I, I believe in that as well. Can I ask about, um, before I really dig into how you, like what you cook and how you do it and everything, which I'm going to okay. do in a second, um, hormones, periods, yeah. when you're low carb, um, is that still difficult? Um, I will tell you that... 
I was diagnosed freshman year in college. I had been menstruating since high school. Um, I have never noticed a change to my insulin needs, my blood sugars because of my hormones. Okay. But you've only, you've only had a CGM that for the last said, two years though, right? I, I only have worn a CGM for two and a half years. Right. Now I was a, a 12 to 15 finger pokes a day mm-hmm. for years and years and years. Um, but I, I really never noticed that. How were your A1Cs during that time? Would you mind sharing? Back in the day, kids, they called that a cliffhanger. But unlike when I was a child and you had to wait all summer to see who shot JR, I'm going to get back to Susan in just a couple of moments. All right, look, this is simple. You go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. You have a couple of options when you get there. One is super simple. You get yourself a free, no obligation demo pod sent to the house. This is an insulin pump from Omnipod that is not functioning, but you get to wear it. You get to sleep in it and shower with it and do whatever else you're going to do with it to see what it would be like to wear an Omnipod. From there, you can make a decision about trying more. It is one option you have there at myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Another would be to find out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. What? I know what you're saying. I could use it for 30 days for free with insulin in it. You might be able to. You could be eligible. Go find out. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now, why would you do this? Tubeless. There's no tubing with an Omnipod. Think of an insulin pump in your head. You think of this controller that's attached to a bunch of tubing that gets stuck to an infusion set. And then you've got to connect the controller to like your belt. I mean, if you even wear a belt, I've seen some ladies have to clip it on their bras. They're hiding ugh, everywhere. What if you get a shower with a tubed insulin pump? I mean, people take showers every day, right? Well, you have to disconnect your tubed insulin pump from your insulin, but not with the Omnipod. That Omnipod gets right in the shower with you. It's like a little shower buddy. As a matter of fact, I don't know why they don't call it shower buddy. I mean, I guess because some people take baths. Or so that's probably bad marketing. Omnipod's better. Anyway, myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Check out the possibilities. See if you want that free no obligation demo sent to your house. Maybe you're going to get that 30-day free trial period of the Omnipod Dash. The possibilities are limitless. Go find out. Myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now, you're going to want a Dexcom continuous glucose monitor, too. You just do. I know you're sitting there thinking, like, I don't want to be a robot. I don't want my... uh, 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 All right. I hear you. But try it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Why do I say this? Not because I want stuff hanging off you, but because the data that comes back from the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor is unparalleled. Because the safety that the alarms afford you is amazing. And because you can share your data or your child's data with up to 10 followers if you want to. Imagine that. A spouse, a school nurse, a well-meaning person at the public library. Whoever you want to give your data to, you can. They can maybe, uh, I don't know, I've heard people on the show say, oh, my father has it. In case I get too low, he gives me a call if I don't answer. Blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a million different ways. But this data is crazy exciting because you get to see how your blood sugars react to insulin, to carbs, to stress, to life, and then make adjustments that benefit you. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. 
go get, oh, go get it. Just, are you arguing with yourself right now? Are you in your head like, I think I'm right. I think the guy on the podcast has talked me into it, but I don't, just try. It's amazing. It is life-changing. Get your Dexcom, get your Omnipod, and then get back to Susan. Oh, no, wait, you don't have to pause it. Just do it after the show, I guess. There's links in the show notes. There's links at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click on my links, you're supporting the show. You're helping to keep it free. I appreciate it if you do just that. My first A1C that I knowingly took was in 1990 Mm -hmm. um, when I got married and moved to Arizona and went to the Mayo Clinic for the first time. And my A1C was 6.2. Wow. That's great. Very first time. And they ran it again because the endocrinologist who was the head of endocrinology at the time said, oh, that that can't be right. Mm -hmm. And then... Two appointments later, I asked him if I could ever get pregnant. I said, because I've always been told I couldn't get pregnant. He's like, oh, you can definitely get pregnant. And he said, but I'm going to want your A1C lower. And I said, okay, what number? And he said, 5.5. And I'm like, okay. So what did you do there? You used more insulin or you ate fewer carbs? I probably, yeah, just, I mean, and that was the same year I started using Humalog. I was going to say, when does the when does the faster acting insulin come in? Yeah, life? so okay. 1990, brand new doctor, big old fancy Mayo Clinic, um, new husband, new puppy, new state, and I'm like, hey, let's try a new insulin. <laughs> 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 um, and so that was probably my biggest experience into kind of unbridled carbohydrate intake, mm-hmm. because what did they preach? Oh, the insulin works so fast. You can eat anything. It's going to take it. It's going to, you know, whip it into submission. And I'm like, okay, but wait, you also want my A1C lower. Right. But you just gave me this faster acting insulin. So it was kind of confusing. And a perspective issue too, because every medical person you talk to, every one of their experiences has been with regular and MPH. And they were like, this stuff is magical. This is jet fuel compared to that, not compared to how quickly carbs hit you. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, so I, I, that was probably 1990. The first couple years of marriage was probably my biggest excursion into standard American diet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I'm sure my, I'm sure my A1C got above seven. You would I'm sure think. it did. Well, you would think in the national guideline back then, I don't even know what it was, but if it was in the eights, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Right. Um, it's only seven now, right? Or seven. What I think the ADA just moved it again. I was surprised at how high it's it yesterday to under seven for children. And that's the first time they've done that. Yeah. Yeah. And I stood up and clapped. Yeah. It was, that's great. People don't realize it's funny when I, when I'm telling people about the T1D exchange, I'm like, you know, they got, you know, guidelines lowered for blah, blah, blah. I, I know people hear that and don't think that's a big deal, but it is a big deal because those Very guidelines big. are what the doctors take to learn how to think as, right. cra- as crazy as that sounds. Like they're like, oh, I'm supposed to be telling them this now. And then they right. do. I wish everyone. Could and my see. and my doctor rolls my eyes and I know that she has she's type one herself and she has to 
cover her own ass in her medical notes in my chart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so sometimes the message I get from her face to face is different than the message that's in an email or written down in my chart. I've had and that I get experience. that. It, it bothers me that an organization that takes money from a lot of insulin makers is setting the standard, setting the guidelines, setting the rules, so to speak. You know what, though? You would think if they wanted you to use more insulin, they'd tell you to keep your A1C lower. <laughs> like if, well, but they, they've... It's a weird yeah. conglomeration. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. I, 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 um, I have definitely been in situations where the words coming out of someone's mouth weren't the words being written down on the piece of paper at the same time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And, I, and yeah, that was the one drawback to telemed is I'm like, if these are being recorded, she's obviously saying... <laughs> Hopefully they're not being recorded. She's pointing her finger at me and chastising me, and I'm going, what happened? <laughs> Susan, this is far too low, and she's writing and looking up at you and mouthing, don't, exactly. ch- don't exactly. change anything. And, and, I, and, of course, to all of my friends, I say, she's just jealous. <laughs> so um, let me let – me, you, you have always come off to me as a reasonable person. And, I'm very reasonable. And, thank yeah, you. Don't yeah. ask my children, but yes, well, I would I'm agree. I'm sure to them you're a lunatic, but that's not what I'm saying. Absolutely. <laughs> You've, um, if I could magic wand and mm-hmm. make you in college today and you were sitting at a table, not with a guy who told you, hey, you're only a baby machine and your baby machine's busted, so you're no right. good. If that wasn't your world, if you came in today and you met a doctor and that doctor said to you, hey, I'm going to put a glucose monitor on you. I'm going to give some insulin. It works pretty quickly. What I need you to do is use your insulin in a way where, you know, the action of the insulin uh, impacts the um, the carbs as they're trying to impact your blood sugar. If you do that, I think you can keep your A1C in the fives and eat whatever you want. You think you'd be a different person 37 years from now? Um, I The problem is, is that it's not that cut and dry. Okay. Why? Because we know that it's not just carbs and insulin. We know that it's not. If I could just look at a label of Chips Ahoy and see that two cookies is 28 grams and inject three and a half units mm-hmm. and be fine, it would it, it would work. But it depends. What breakfast did I have? What's my stress level today? What's the weather outside? How did I sleep last night? How much insulin do I already have on board? How much longer is it going to be till I eat next time? Do I have a headache? Is my husband irritating me? Do I have to go to work tonight? There's so many variables. Right, right. And so it, it is not just a one plus two equals three. 100%. But it's all those subscripts and superscripts and powers and well, integers that I don't understand. Let me ask you this. And you, that that goes into the equation. Of course. No, a million percent it does. Have you listened through the pro tip series, all of them? I've li- not all of them, okay. no. Because I would say that to the best of my ability, I have covered all of that. And I realize yeah. that everyone's brain's not going to work the way mine does. And me just saying to people, you have to stay flexible might end up meaning something different to them that does to me. But but Susan, if I could show you the correspondence that comes to me privately, mm-hmm. I, I, I think you would agree that a majority of the people who want to understand how to do it and try to find a way to stay fluid through all those variables, those people do end up figuring it out. 
And and that makes me so happy. Me too. It, it truly does. Yeah. Because ultimately, I, I don't care how your daughter eats. Right. I don't care how all those people that comment on my fat head dough cinnamon rolls pictures. I don't care how they eat. They look really good. But if they are, but if they want to try something and if they subscribe, and I say this a lot and I say it half jokingly and my daughter rolls her eyes loudly at me when I say I'm grumpy, I'm old and I'm lazy. Well, listen, I understand you. This podcast exists because of my laziness and the thing that you just said, because I can't just look at two cookies and say it says 28, put in 28. That's definitely going to work. I just stopped counting carbs altogether. I just started right. thinking to myself, two of these cookies is going to impact, um, you know, three units. And right. I stopped thinking about the carbs and I started thinking about impacts and learning, you know, from repetition and practice and stuff like that. Um, I, I honestly believe that's the only sane way to get through a life where you have type one and you're giving insulin for carbohydrates. Because if you right. try to stick to the math of it, it's going to, I'll curse, tell your husband I did it. It's going to you every time. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thank course. you. Okay. See, now you open the floodgates. There, it's on. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just edit it out. That's fine. Although I, let me say, sidebar. I got a note yesterday from a woman who was very concerned that I joked about cursing with a young kid that I was interviewing, and I had to, I had to email her back and say, I just need you to know that the boy, I talked to him afterwards, and I made sure he understood. <laughs> Plus, his parents are very happy with how it went. So, or she, but she was reaching out to defend him, and, um, and so I thought that was really lovely. Um, it was lovely. Uh, and uh, very few things are underrated more than a well-placed F-bomb. Um, I've always told my children that, but, uh, no, it's, if, if carb counting was an exact science, it, it would be great. Yeah. My son-in-law has a disease called PKU. Okay. I don't know if you know what that means. I will as I'm Googling and you're talking. But it means it's the it's what our newborn babies, their heel prick with the little round band-aid on their heel mm-hmm. in the delivery room. It's what that blood test tests. And he cannot eat naturally occurring protein of any kind. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, he's allowed a limit, a hard limit, like, you know, 10 grams of protein a day or as he aged, it got different or, you know, whatever. And the repercussions of that disease can be immense. I'm seeing that now. Yeah. And, and so when, when I'm with my kids in Nebraska, my daughter and son-in-law, I mean, David and I make a great pair because he eats all the carbs and I eat all the protein and we're just great. (laughs) (laughs) We're like Jack Spratt could eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean, but um, he has a new drug that is just been approved and now all of a sudden he's being allowed to eat protein oh naturally occurring i mean chicken and beef and not his his formula um and there are times that i look at and and he grew up in a household when he had siblings and parents and grandparents and cousins and friends and they all ate chicken and steak and hot dogs and cheese and butter and eggs he couldn't he survived. Yeah. He's just fine. He's a very well-adjusted, healthy adult male. Right. And and the reason the reason I like bringing that up is because 
people are so quick, so quick to say, I can eat anything I want. Well, of course you can. Of course you can. If your mouth opens, you can eat anything you damn well please. And that feeling of like, I want to be normal or I want my kid to have a normal experience. Right. And- but but who's defining normal? And see, that's where I get and I just, oh, it's well, a good thing that Facebook does not have like live feeds because I read these things and it's like, kid first, diabetes second. Well, but here's the problem. Diabetes does come first. It's a tough thing to ignore, that's for certain. But I would say that the person that's defining normal is them. And then I would yeah. say that going from there, using social media, I think so I've, you know, I've been at this quite some time. And I can tell you that one thing that I know for certain is that like a snake shedding its skin, the people on social media around type one diabetes or a lot of things are um they're not long lived in the space. And you mostly catch newer diagnosed people or struggling people, right? That yes. th- Those end up being the people. So need help, right. want help. Don't know what's going on. And so the messaging or the questions that you hear from them are very repetitive and they're very specific to that time of diagnosis. So I've tried to imagine what happens to them when they leave. So imagine you show up online and you're like, listen, you don't know anything about nutrition and you're eating a bowl of Lucky Charms every morning for your whole life, right? It's just how it's always been. My blood sugar is going to 400. It's staying there for six hours, blah, blah, blah. Imagine if they were were met then by a person who said, if you stop eating Lucky Charms, it'll be okay. Well, they're Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what else to eat. This is what I eat. To me, it's akin to... Um, you know, when Katrina came and they gave people a heads up and they said, look, get out of here. You're going to die in a flood. And some people didn't leave. They did not leave because they didn't want to die in a flood. They didn't leave because they're, they've been living in a place where generationally they didn't have an opportunity to own a car maybe, or something like that. They just couldn't leave or couldn't imagine leaving or whatever. So if you just give people the stop eating cereal, that. I imagine won't work for most people and those people will disappear. They won't get good information and they'll eat the cereal the rest of their lives and have A1Cs and the tens and, and they'll develop eating disorders and complications and they'll be a a written off statistic. Whereas I've come to look at the space as a place where you get, you get an opportunity in a very short time to put people into a different path. And then what they do with it after that, I, don't feel responsible towards, nor do I think I have any impact. I would agree with that. Yeah. And so that's why I say thank you for not kicking me off the Facebook group. No, it's why I like you there. See, I, <laughs> I'm confused by people. Listen, I'm confused why people feel like they need to argue. I don't understand tribalism. I'm not good at I'm on this team and you're on that team. I don't understand why people even think that way. Um, right. I don't care why they do. What I when I see you, what I see is a person who eats low carb, has had diabetes for a very long time, has been very successful with it, and is is willing to share it with other people. And yeah. if if and that to me is terrific. And well, thank you. Yeah, no, that's that's what that's really that's my motivation. It's an, oh, I get the, oh, I I mean I I don't even talk about ranges and and A one Cs anymore because 
you're bragging. You're just bragging. You're just showing off. That's impossible. That's impo- that's not natural. That's not normal. I'm like, okay, well, it is normal and it is natural. And, See, Susan, you've and been, I think it's easier. Um, you've been talking to people who are newly diagnosed and have bumped into other people who are newly diagnosed, who are, who are saying reactionary things because of the emotional state that they're in in the moment. And I yes. think it's happened to you so many times that it just feels like that's how it is. What I'm telling you is imagine those people nine months from now when they've learned to bullish for Lucky Charms and heard the message that maybe Lucky Charms isn't good for them. Yes. You know what I mean? And I, I don't, I'm not, trust me, I'm not on you in any way. I think what you do is really great. Um, and you're on here. I tried to make the point the other day, a person thought I didn't respect their opinion. I was like, why? You wouldn't be on the podcast if I didn't. What do you think? I just have to have people on here? I was like, I've yeah. got I've got choices, <laughs> you know. Um, it, it's. I think that what you're doing inside of my Facebook group is one of the most aspirational things I've seen happen online around diabetes in a really long time. We literally oh, have the Hatfields and McCoys sleeping in the same bed, and not only are they having sex, but they're happy. And yeah. so... <laughs> Yes. And I think that's amazing. I wish there'd be a pescatarian that would come in and start talking about how they, and I don't even know what that means. Is that a religion or somebody that doesn't? I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a faith. Yeah, I think. (laughs) Wait a minute. I don't even know. (laughs) It's hilarious. Um, I just think that that's an uncommon thing. And I also believe that that Facebook group is working like that because people are coming through the podcast with a, a, a level of understanding already. So they're not, they, they, they're all kind of similarly focused. And so they get along a little bit. I mean, try to imagine, I don't, I want to be genuine when I tell you that I don't poke around other people's Facebook pages. Um, uh, I don't listen to other people's podcasts. I don't know what other people are doing, but I okay. can imagine that if there was a very popular low carb Facebook page, and I just showed up one day and said, if you don't mind, I'm going to very politely talk about how you can use insulin and eat higher carb foods here that I would be immediately ushered out the door. Well, it would depend. Fa- uh, Facebook page or Facebook group, group different things. If group. you came to my Facebook page and said that, I would be like, yeah, well, it's not always a good decision to have right. boatloads of insulin on board. If you were in a group where there could be a conversation like we do in your juice box group. Right. I'd let you talk. I'd let you talk in mine, but I, I don't have a group. I have a page. <laughs> I just don't think most people would. I think, and take it away from food or diabetes for a second. I think if I showed up on a, on a Mopar uh, place where they were talking about Dodge motors and I just sure. constantly talked about how great I thought Ford motors were, I think they'd be like, that's not the place for this get out. And, right, and right. I don't and, see and it that way. You And also understand I've been doing this a lot of years. Sure. A lot of years. I mean, I, even though I was a teenager, like I, I seriously don't have, <laughs> I, I have a hard time remembering what it was like to not be checking a blood sugar or mm-hmm. thinking about what was coming food wise or activity wise, even though I was a teenager. Mm. Um, but I have been doing it for a long time and I'm good at it. And I'm not ashamed to say that I'm good at it. Yeah. I have zero complications. I have normal A1Cs. I have normal eyesight. I have, you know, all my fingers and toes. Um, I'm pretty damn healthy. I crushed cancer two years ago. My endo said, I'm going to make all of my breast cancer diabetic patients eat low carb because you did amazingly well. That's cool. I did all that. I do it well. 
But ultimately, ultimately, what I want is everybody, especially our youngest members of this damn exclusive club, to have normal blood sugars. That's what I want. So if people have figured out a way, using your tips, using your advice, adjusting, testing, all that kind of stuff, ultimately, that's what I want. Period. Because that means health. Right. That means health. And when that cure comes in 10 years and the people that made the cure are standing around the corner handing it out and they're going to want the healthiest and the most adaptable to a new routine, et cetera, et cetera, the line fricking stand starts behind me. But I do believe with every fiber of my six foot tall height that eating lower carb is just easier. I didn't say better. I believe it's easier. And that's why I do it. Yeah, I don't see how it wouldn't be. You're eating fewer carbs. You're using less insulin. When you use less insulin, you have fewer lows, more stability. Oh, small numbers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's bigger room for a mistake. I mean, uh, yeah. You know, you and I are saying the exact same thing, and we have slightly different words in one of our sentences. You're saying this is easier if you eat fewer carbs. I'm saying this is easier if you figure out how to balance the impact of the insulin with the action of the food or the action of the insulin with the impact of the food. It's really all – it's it's the same thing. And and taking diabetes out of it for a second, listen, you'll be leaner. And if leaner is healthier, you will be leaner if you eat fewer carbs. And Probably, if you yeah. and if you eat, if listen, if you take processed food out of your diet, it's better for you. Like these are things Absolutely. we can't argue about. Like there, there, it's not it's not arguable that red dye number something and <laughs> a bunch of words you can't pronounce um, right. are better if you don't eat them. Like that's right. that's just reasonable. Um, right. But I'm also telling you that I understand people are going to eat those things and I don't want them to have a high blood sugar after they do. So, yes. yeah. So I, I pick the, the our, thing that our, I'm good at talking about. Our end game is the same. Right. It, and it's just that this is the thing I'm good at talking about around diabetes, yeah. just as you're, you're very well suited to talk about your thing. I mean, if there's another way to do something, I'm not saying there isn't. Um, I'm just saying, I don't know how to talk about it. And, where we kind of run into trouble sometimes is once you reach scope, like when you actually are reaching people, there can be a feeling of I have to keep these people here. These are my numbers. These are my clicks. They're my likes. They're my downloads. I don't think that way. If someone listens to this episode and goes, huh, I'm going to eat low carb and I won't have to listen to that damn podcast anymore. Good on, <laughs> good on them. Like, I think that's terrific for them. But No, because you still have to know how to dose for protein. Yeah, but even, listen, I think the podcast would help you. Yeah, I think the podcast would help you otherwise. So I'm just saying if they should come to that, like if somebody right now is having a moment where they're like, I'm getting out of here, this is terrific. I would not think of that as a lost listener. I would think that as, I would think of that as one more person who I can sleep well at night thinking is going to live well. Right. Right. And so um, I do think there are places, you know, on Facebook that prize their numbers and they don't want you learning something that might take you out of their space. And I, and that's too bad. Yeah. That's and I just don't bad. feel that way. I, I think whatever works for you works for you. There's, you know, it's funny. There's a, t- 
it, it, it's funny in that on the Facebook page, you subscribe to a tone that I'm very comfortable with you having access to the people who I've collected together. I hope that makes sense. But that's not the tone that you hit me with in Arizona. <laughs> you no. Know, right. Well, and it was because it was because I knew I knew you you were flitting around the room um lamped up on caffeine, I assumed, passing out your little magnets that said be bold with insulin. Right. And I was sitting there going, Are you shitting me? <laughs> like that's his slogan. I, I didn't make it up. The people listening did. I understand. <laughs> I understand. And but and I'm like be bold with insulin. It is a freaking dangerous liquid. Yeah, I know. I that think- you can't take out once you put in. I know, I know, I know. But you got to use the so right amount. I sat at my table with my friends who similar minded to me. Yeah. And I'm like, how about be gentle with carbs? How about be gentle with carbs? <laughs> <laughs> and I sat there snarkily. And that's why Vicky kidnapped you and drug you over to me or drugged me to you. And, and um, because I, I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah. No, I and wish it, I wish we had time in that moment to have this conversation. At the same time, I'm glad we didn't and that things went the way they did and we're having it here. And not to yeah. say that we were in any kind of like, you know, bloods and crips kind of a feud. I, oh, I, no. Oh, right, no, right, no, right. no. Yeah. Don't anybody understand. No, no, no. no. Uh, you came over to me very kindly and you said, hey, I heard you eat low carb and, and I don't have a problem with how anybody eats. And I'm like, and neither do I. Yeah. I said, but I think there's a better way to do it. No, no. It's a great example of how um, um, not all of the information can lead to feelings that are not accurate for what's really happening. And I'm in a weird position where they tell you, bring something so that people can find your website afterwards. <laughs> yes. And I can only <laughs> afford magnets. So they're cheap, uh, yeah. like, relatively yeah. speaking. And I've learned that I'm, I'm the you know, I'm, what, what is it? The bottle washer, the brush cleaner, whatever. Like I have to do everything when I'm like, I have to go give the talk and hand out the magnets and do all the yes. things. And, um, in my heart, just know when I'm going around that room, I'm thinking, I hope this makes sense to this person and that they go find more information that'll help them because everything I say in that hour is not going to fix your situation. Oh it's, no. There's yeah. an, and well, and it's, it's not fixable in an hour right. period. Yeah. You just can't, it's do not, it. you can't, it's hardly, it. it's hardly introducible. In an hour. Right. But now that you know what the podcast is, unless you were in such a haze of hate that you couldn't think, didn't I do a pretty good job in an hour of like synopsizing it? Synopsizing? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's all you can do. If I start talking about one topic, the entire hour will get eaten up by that topic. Right. So it's been my finding that if you take a person who's completely believes that their blood sugars are just going to bounce around like this forever and you show Mm -hmm. them a graph and you go, look, here's a person whose graph looks like this. Then they listen to the podcast, spoke to them for a little bit, and then their graph looked like this. Yes. Yours could too. That's and, a victory, yes. Yeah, and it's important while you're explaining it to them, even though people don't like to hear it, to tell them, my daughter's A1C has been between five, two, and six for seven years, and she doesn't have any diet restrictions. I'm not saying you shouldn't have diet restrictions. I'm just trying to put in one sentence into someone's head that all the things that you think are impossible might not be. Let's go find out what those things are together. It's just I've boiled the whole thing down to T-shirt slogans so <laughs> so that I can get them out on time. And no lie, it, yes. you've listened long enough now. You know that the titles of the episodes are almost meaningless. And so I, I – well, Some of them are fun, very funny. I'm, I'm really hoping 
that get, I get a good one. Oh, you, see, yours is the how we eat stuff. Yours is just going to be how we eat low carb. See, that's, well, you have to give me a, a subtitle. You, you need a subtitle. All right, we'll think of a good subtitle. But uh, cuter I, than her sister. But <laughs> I'll put that in there for you. Um, but what happened was that very on in the podcast, when I was just sort of talking my way through it, I was just I was by myself in this one episode. And I just said that I realized at some point that I needed to be bolder with the insulin. Like it wasn't a catchphrase. It was something I said in a long line of other sentences. Right. And then I go back and that's edit it. And when I'm editing, I hear something. I'm like, oh, that's a title. And I put it in there. And then no lie, Susan, years later, I started seeing people referring to themselves as being bold with insulin on other social media platforms. And the first mm. time I saw it, I thought that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. Right. And then so I kind of picked around a little bit. I actually reached out to someone. I was like, where did you get that from? She's like, oh, I listened to it on a podcast. She didn't even know it was me. (laughs) And I was like, cool. And then I watched it grow and grow and grow. And then much like how people eat, what I took from that was this is resonating with people. So this must be meeting a need for them. Yes. So then I started saying it. And meeting a need. Yes, there there are so many needs and and there are needs the medical community needs to teach people how to bolus accordingly mm-hmm. for however you're eating. Yeah. They need to teach them about dosing for protein. They need to dose them about or talk to them about dosing earlier before a meal and doing a correction bolus. And they need to stop freaking people the hell out about stacking up insulin. And um, but they also I think I think what makes me sad and what literally brings me to tears after talking to some people is that nobody talks to them about any other ways of eating. But I do. No, no I didn't yeah. say I, no, I meant no, the no, medical no, I community. No, the, I, the oh, hell no. Endocrinologist you're sent to after you leave the ER or life flighted with your eight year old. You talk to any doctor privately and ask them what's the first thing they should be telling a person. They're going to tell them that, it's about how they eat, but uh-huh. nobody does it because no one listens. And so they don't waste their time on it and they go right to, they go right from preventative, which eating well would be preventative. Um, mm-hmm. And they go right into, well, let's manage the lifestyle that you have. And I think that, I think that people deserve at least that much. And then maybe they can get their blood sugars together and feel some, you know, control in a good way. And then start making decisions for themselves. Because maybe I always kind of dream that sometimes people will eventually go, okay, look, I can bolus for a Pop-Tart, but that doesn't maybe mean I should eat a Pop-Tart. And, and, yeah. I, and I try to mention that as frequently as I can, that, that you cannot confuse health with being able to manage insulin. Like just because, right. you, yeah. yes, you right. shouldn't confuse. You can eat that to you should eat that. Right. It's the line from Jurassic Park when uh, Jeff Goldblum yeah. says, you know, something about like just because we can doesn't mean we should. And yeah. and so I could probably, I probably is the I I could. There's not much I can imagine my daughter could could ask me for food wise that I can't control with insulin. But I have right. a really advanced idea of it. Right. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that I sit her down with like a feed bag and I'm like, oh, just keep eating. <laughs> you know, like that. that well, I don't think you give that impression. I've never gotten that impression. I, I try very hard. Um, yeah. But um, it's the other line that I love is you don't know what you don't know. And right. I don't know how many 
dozens and dozens and dozens of people I've talked to face-to-face in my own town, when I travel, when I email and message with people that they didn't know that reducing the number of carbs they eat could make a difference. Mm -hmm. Because they were assigned in the hospital to 60 grams of carbs a day and a 25 gram carb snack between two meals and before bedtime. And I'm like, and you're wondering why your A1C is double digits. The the one thing that doctors at diagnosis don't do that they should is leave leave you with the impression that this is preliminary management and this is going to change. Yep, but they, but people here, you don't have to change anything right now. You don't have to change anything. Right. Don't eat just eat just how you did. I always use as an example that I uh, was given handed Novolog for my daughter, and and the words were, "This is her insulin." Mm-hmm. And I have since found that a different insulin works better for her. Um, but it was very difficult in my own mind to make the switch because a man in a white coat told me this was insulin. I didn't even imagine there was other insulins. Right. You know, for years. I didn't know there were other companies making other insulins in the beginning. Yeah. And and that's the same thing you're saying is that someone tells you something and in that horrible moment of your life, it sticks to you like gospel. And right. what if you get bad information? Now that that bad information stuck to you that way. Okay, so let's take a couple if you have a couple extra minutes, I know I've got you over time. I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. Uh, as I, I'm just happy I got out of Arizona. I imagine now you could have shot me if you wanted to. And, no, uh, no, no, no. I don't. I don't carry guns. I just met the gun laws there. <laughs> seem laxed. And so uh, I've, when people are shooting plants on the side of the road, I assume I'm not safe anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but um, also I have to say that as soon as I landed in Arizona and I was in a car leaving the airport, you know. Vicky's with me in the car. We don't really know each other all that well. And I'm immediately just like, oh, look at all the cactuses. Like, look I at love, the cacti. I love look, them. they're everywhere. I love them yeah. so much. So I was immediately an idiot talking like that. But um, help me understand how you're making things. And I, I'm not being reductive. I just don't get it. Like, I've eaten some low-carb food before that's supposed to mimic higher-carb foods. And while some of them seem okay to me, there have been some that have hit my tongue and I've like, I've like stuck my tongue out and like just try to knock it off because I was afraid right. if it slid off my tongue, I'd taste it more. So how do you do that? Like, how are you making, or do you not know the difference because you haven't had sugar in forever? I, I, um, I am, I think what they call it is an avoider. Like, um, if if um if you're given the chance to abstain or avoid, mm-hmm. I think that I I don't know, I can't remember what that's from. Anyway, I just I mean we my children were young. I didn't buy Oreos. I, I mean we didn't have birthday cakes. Okay, because it was just easier for me to just not have it. Sure, it was just if as long as I could avoid it, it was fine. Now I'm better now that I'm older, so I can buy Pringles for my my husband and. Um, Mo, my granddaughter does eat apple jo- applesauce every once in a while, hmm. um, but I don't. It doesn't bother me. So now I could say I'm I I do okay abstaining, but I don't have a sweet tooth. Literally, I could be sitting here next to a baked Alaska with hot fudge and cake pops, and I, I'm sipping water. It, I it. it I don't have a sweet tooth. Yeah. I really don't. That is important to say because some people don't and it is easier for them. It's Well, almost- and and it's I mean, I think it's just because I abstained for so long. Right. I mean, I just didn't have it. 
Why would I bring Chips Ahoy into the house for my children and husband? I can't have any. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I don't have an addictive personality around certain things that cripple other people. Like if you gave me a pack of cigarettes, I would not enjoy it, but I could smoke them all and never have another one. Right. And and right. um I don't drink, but if I could have a beer easily, uh and it wouldn't make me think I should have another beer. Right. And and so that's just my brain's wired that way. But sugar for me is tough. Like if yeah. I I need to limit my sugar during the during a day in a week and if I lean into sugar too much, I'll fall off a cliff. Yeah. That absolutely happens to me. And I think that that most people that follow a standard American diet do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I hate I hate the phrase I've used hate a lot so far. I, I don't mean to do that. Um, but I hate the phrase a cheat meal. Did you cheat today? Was today a cheat day? Oh, I, I, I fell off the wagon. I cheated. But isn't and that like, language of a person who doesn't want to be on the wagon that they're on? I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so I don't cheat. I just I just made a, a decision that wasn't the best for me at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I can admit to it. I have a, a an avoidance I use. So if I feel my like the need for like sweets, um, I grab, I I have a bag of I have two bags of chocolate chips, like high quality chocolate chips in the cupboard, and mm-hmm. I take some semis and some milk ones and I mix them together and I eat them and that's enough for me. But it's not super processed. Like if I would have taken a if I take a handful of M and M's in that scenario, yes, then I start heading off the cliff. But if I take yeah. just pure chocolate, I'm okay. And then that's like, a, it's like methadone for food for me. I just take a little bit of it and it keeps me off the rest of it is how it feels. But if I catch myself feeling that way at the grocery store and buy some like sugary candy or something like that, yes. if I'm not mindful of it, I'll spend the next two weeks stopping myself from eating candy. Right. You know. It just shows the power of sugar. Yeah, it's I mean, amazing. I, that's what that does. I mean, you're a grown man with a decent amount of intelligence behind you, Thank I'm you. going to assume, from what you project on the internet. So you know that that's what happens, but you are still swayed by it. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's powerful. It's a, it's a powerful drug. It is. Decent it's amount, powerful. by the way, is ne- is neither insulting nor complimentary. <laughs> I know. Sorry. No, no. I, I felt like you did it on purpose. I was amused. <laughs> I mean, I always assume the best. That's my mama bringing me up that way. You always assume the best in everybody. I, that, yeah. You're very kind. I think I'm uh, bright enough, and I think that that doesn't help me in that situation. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It would be like saying that, uh, you know, somebody with a 160 IQ couldn't do heroin. I don't think that's true. Oh, no. Okay. All yeah, right. I see yeah. your analogy there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could happen to anybody, in my opinion. Okay, but so you've tasted some things that are baked low carb. I'm assuming you mean like low carb brownies or low carb bunt cake or low carb cheesecake. Yeah, or some of that prepackaged stuff that some of those companies hawk when they're like, there's no impact on your blood sugar. This. And I'm like, what is yeah, this? Well, like, you know, that kind of thing. So many of those things, they're just lying. <laughs> um, I do think that there are some amazing recipes out there and made with supplies and ingredients that I didn't have 30 years ago or 25 years ago when my kids were children. If mm-hmm. my kids were children and I had coconut flour and almond flour and um, monk fruit sweetener and they would have had birthday cakes. Okay. But instead they didn't. 
Um, and, and could because, I have one of those cakes and not see the difference, or would I notice that it's different, but it's still sweet and there's no aftertaste? I mean, I don't know. I my seventy nine year old father here over Christmas, and I made cinnamon rolls three different mornings, and finally on the last one, I'm like, "You realize there's no flour and sugar in these?" Oh, cool. And that's something. Have you shared that recipe online? Yes. Yeah. All right. I'll try that. I'll make. I'm going to make your. Anytime cinnamon. somebody posts, I want to have a cinnabon this weekend. How do I bolus for it? Which is, of course, an open-ended question that leads to 22 more questions. And I always post a picture. And that's when I get the hate mail. (laughs) Well, yeah, because, well, but keep in mind, too, that those two things are incongruous, which is they're not asking you for a replacement. for. They're literally saying, I'm going to have a Cinnabon. How do I keep this from being a a, a trail? But it's also your opportunity to jump in. Um, There's a guy named John on the board who listens and I love. I think he's a great guy. And he... I think he comes from the very same place that you do. His he's just not quite as soft about it, and so oh, he okay. so it, it it feels a little more frictiony when he does it. And I, once in a while, I'll send him a message. I'm like, John, I love you. Just dial that back just a little bit. Yeah, and I and I know. I I mean, my one of my biggest weaknesses. There's only two. One of my, one of my biggest weaknesses is my filter. And it's the pep talk I got from my husband this morning. He's like, no F-bombs and just, you know, rein it in. And Well, are you holding back and... while we're talking? Yeah. What? Are you holding anything back while we're talking? <laughs> no. I don't think you are. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I do. Some. I, oh, the last time I got kicked off of a message board, uh, Facebook, <laughs> and, and I've gotten kicked off of one. I just got kicked off one last night. I was say like, while I tough... slept, somebody kicked me out of their new group. Go ahead. Um, because I tell when, when, and it's always the mamas and it's always the mamas under six months in to die, to diagnosis. And they're like, well, he's, he, you know, the, the fruit loops or the, or the pop tart or the, the peanut butter and jelly uncrustables in the lunchbox with the Frito-Lays and the Cheetos and the juice box. And I'm like, Oh, if, if you could just like, how about this? How about eggs and some turkey sausage links on big skewers? So they're kind of like corn dogs and it's, and it's, I don't want to eat that way or I don't, I can't do that. And I'm like, well, then that's you being lazy. So I will tell you that that's where I get in trouble when I, I say lazy. I bet you Arden ate like that for a few years in like younger elementary to middle school where mm-hmm. it was all just whatever you could easily kind of pack together. And that's not how she eats anymore. Right. It, good. Yeah. Good. But, but, it, but like, it's not seriously be, nobody should. But yeah, but her palate has morphed as she's gotten older. And well, she's a teenager. She sh- I mean, her palate should morph. Yeah. Yes. You know, sometimes when she has like hormones going, she can't um, stomach the idea of eating meat. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, she's like, you know, having a piece of chicken. Right. It's really it's it's all super interesting. But uh, I'm just it, it saying. Is. But see, now, so where you would say that's lazy because you could build a better mousetrap and make a better lunch and it's there, you don't know that either. They could be working three jobs and have no money. You know what I mean? And you're right. Yeah. And you're right. And and that's that's another avenue where I get hate mail. Yeah. No, like, I, I, I try not to post pictures of ribeyes because you're like, like, okay, let's focus on hamburgers. Yeah. Well, ribeyes are expensive. <laughs> I know. But I mean, and and and. I'm a Nebraska girl. So, right. I mean, I like red meat. Yeah. But they don't have to be ribeyes. They can, I mean, hamburger and ground turkey and ground pork and pork sausage. I mean, there are so many ways to skin this cat. 
And, you know, eggs is one of the cheapest, cheapest sources of protein out there. Yeah. I probably have an egg like at least every other day of some kind or another. I'm not. I had a dietitian tell me once at the Mayo Clinic that I was allowed four eggs a week. Oh, how polite. (laughs) And I'm like, I think I had five for breakfast. (laughs) I, I have to say that I'm really proud that there's a space that I had that I created where you talk and it's cordial and that some people can come in and find out more and some people can leave it and walk away from it. I, I honestly, the way people communicate now, uh, nowadays, I'm just so amazed that it not amazed. I'm genuinely proud that it works that way. Um, I love what you do. I don't think what your husband's saying when, when he says, tone it down, I here's what I hear. If I said that to you, if I was making that same statement, what I would say is, you know, just try to remember that not everybody's where you are and right. and show them what you know, and they'll take it or they'll leave it. But you can't judge them afterwards. Like that but, would be my statement. But and, and, the, and I will interrupt you a multiple time is. This is this is where then I I start getting my feelings hurt, How? which happens. It's easy to do is when. Somebody messages me like, oh my gosh, that looks so good. Can you send me the recipe? And I copy and paste once again, the link and the, this, and I give them my little tips and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try it. And then they're like, I can't keep this up. I can't do it. Right. And, and I'm like, I post almost all of my food that I eat. Seriously. Most of it is the most mundane, boring, non-recipe required stuff. I mean, I don't have cookbooks. I I think I have one low-carb cookbook. Because seriously, I'm just making dinner. Grill a meat, roast a meat, stew a meat, barbecue a meat, whatever. Air fry a veggie, roast a veggie, pan fry or saute a veggie, and put a salad with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And when did that become so dangerous? Well, not dangerous, but time-consuming and difficult. Right, right. Well, I don't know. But I also don't, like, I don't know. I don't know their life, though. So I don't, like, no. Right. I have no idea. I, I can tell you that I have a job where I get up in the morning, I take care of my dogs and my family, and then I record a podcast, and I edit a podcast, and I do some things. There's also been times in my life where I've had to get up at five o'clock in the morning, drive an hour to get to a job where I worked my ass off and could barely hold myself up when it was over at the end of the day and had no money to show for it. Yes. And so, I mean, it, it it for somebody, it is for every okay, person. So, so what? Here I am interrupting Go again. Go ahead. No, do it. So wh- what if you're paying a lot of money for insulin? Because your kid is using a ton of insulin yeah. to cover. What if I've got insurance and it only cost me $20? Well, a okay. I mean, I, I assume that if you, yeah. Okay. All right. So, so I think the point is, is that it's just not, everything's not right for everybody. And you might, oh, no, be, you might not. be right. And, and you, you might be a hundred percent right. And that doesn't change the rest of the conversation, I think. Right. And so what I love, when I love talking to people when they say, I'm going to try this for a week. And the, usually the first thing I say is, you know what? Try it for a day. Start with one meal. Okay. Start with one meal. It's a good idea. And I said, and I every time I give somebody or link it on the on your page, 
to the low carb recipe um, for pancakes and waffles. I'm like, don't make a big production about this, mom. Don't be, hey, junior, we're trying something new tomorrow. It's different. It's not going to be ego. I mean, don't make it. It's it's a sales job. That's what we have. Our job as parents yeah. is a salesmanship. I have to say that we don't, we use a, a syrup called carries it's very like a low carb syrup and if mm-hmm. you gave me real maple syrup or like any off the shelf like pancake syrup everyone in my ha- family would probably get a brain freeze from it like like yeah. we you know like you'd probably be like oh my god all the sugar like like you you yeah. just yeah. we we definitely couldn't do it and that's a, sh- a switch we made like throwing a switch when Arden had diabetes we're like all right we'll just you know we'll buy this one instead of that one and yeah. it, it does make a difference like I can see where people would be shocked by it but um, but yeah, you can't go from Mike and Ike's to low carb and not think that somebody's not going to go. This isn't as much fun, you, you, right? You know, like, of course it's not. But, but damn, I have I have a hell of a lot of fun, Scott. No, I imagine you do. And and by the way, and I put a Mike and Ike in my mouth the other day and spit it in the garbage because I was like, what is this? Good for you. <laughs> it was laying around that I popped it in my mouth and I'm like, this doesn't even taste like anything. It's the weirdest thing ever. And I and I would probably in my mid twenties have grabbed a little box of Mike and Ike's leaving a seven 11 at lunchtime and not thought twice about it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as soon good. as they figure out how to make low carb, good and plenties, I'll be all over You're that. Back in. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I genuinely, I know I kept you long. I, I apologize. I love this conversation. I'm, I'm very happy that you did it. I want to thank you for thank your time. You. Yeah, of course. Thank you for letting me speak because I ultimately, you and I have the exact same goal. Yeah. I want every diabetic to have normal numbers. And I don't think that most as people, good as possible. I don't think that most people with a message that's even similar to yours doesn't have the same goal. I think that some people are better at delivering it than others. And when it ends up being like, um, like you're prosthetizing, then that's where I think it gets contentious among people. Like, I think that, I think you're not, I think you're, you're accepted very well in, in my group because I'm surprised that you get kicked out of other groups. If you're not, if you're acting the same somewhere else, then I, I, don't, I don't get that. But um, there are people who will proselytize, and then that's where you start getting divisions, and people start yelling right. back and forth and trying to make points like, "Well, yeah, but you're spending more money on insulin." You're like, "Well, but like when that starts happening, you're lost." Like, right. like right. no one's coming out of that. So right. I think long form conversations help that too. Well, and I, I mean. I've done this a lot of years. I keep saying that I've done this a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And if, if something that I say, or if something that I share or, or an idea that, that gets repeated can help somebody miss some of the steps that I did. Like, I mean, I've, I've had the ambulance called two times in my life. Traumatizing. Yeah. If I could make, Sure that uh, see, I'm going to start getting choked up here. <laughs> I wasn't going to cry. If you're going to cry, cry into if the. If I can make sure that every single newly diagnosed kiddo could never see the inside of an ambulance, that would be the best day for me. Yeah. And if something I say could help that, then I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, I agree. Even even if 90 percent of the people go, oh God, here's Susan again with her three day meal plan. Well, let me. That's fine. I don't care. Let me I don't agree care. With that, you. Those aren't. That's not my audience. Yeah. Let me agree with you. First of all, I agree. 
Second of all, I think you can do that and eat carbs if you want to. But I think if you can't, then not eating carbs and accomplishing it is a great idea as well. I think whatever works for you is what works for you. I also don't want you to imagine that the crap you get from some people, I don't get too. I do. Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm yeah. sure you get yeah, it yeah. tenfold, yeah. I, hundredfold. I, 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 a lot of people like to write me long letters about what I don't do right. And so right. what I've learned to do is exactly what you just said, that I've seen that more that there are people who are helped by this podcast. Mm-hmm. And as the podcast grows and the scope of it gets bigger, my imagination tells me that means that somebody heard it, it helped them, and they told someone else about it. And so right. that's what that growth tells me. If the if the podcast were to stay stagnant or to drop off, I would think, okay, my message is not resonating with people. And I might just stop making the podcast. I don't know. But right. as as it continues to grow, to me, that says there's value in it. And, yes, there's value in it. And so when I get a letter from someone who says, I don't like the way you did this, you talked over this person, you didn't let this person say something, blah, 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 I say to them... Maybe I did. I'm not perfect at this. There are times I do a better job than not than others. But also, you have to admit that there's something about my sensibility that makes this listenable because you can yes. put great information in things and people don't listen to it. Um, you can write something that's amazing. They might not read it. So I think there I believe that it's as much about how you deliver the message as what the message is. And that's what I try to stick to. And I think that's what you are good at. And it sounds like with that gentleman in your house getting better at every day. I think by the time you're 220, (laughs) you have a much bigger audience than I do. My little Facebook page has like 600 likes and you have a bigger audience. What's your Facebook page? Tell people. The T1D Mimi. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's Uh, me. Yeah. You should go check it out. But, and every time I'm like, oh, I'm just going to not post anything this weekend. It's it's okay. Whatever. No one's reading. And then I'll get a message that has me blubbering at my kitchen table. Yeah. Well, listen, I agree. I'll tell you right and, now, if you want to take your most popular recipe that's the easiest to make, I'll put it on my blog for you. Like, I would I would love to show it to somebody. I'm happy to. I'm, I don't. This how we eat episode uh, episodes to me are about saying there are a lot of different ways to eat. Also, by the way, you pointed out really well earlier that just because we're branding everything right now doesn't mean it's all new under the sun. Like nobody yeah. said you were low carb in 1992. You just took the roll off of your cheeseburger. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. And that's yeah, because I figured out I mean, kind of. Well, I mean, let's face it, Scott, I was doing your job 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was figuring out that that our insulin that I was supposed to take as I took my first bite wasn't covering my hamburger bun. Yeah. So screw it. Take the hamburger bun off. I don't care. Let's make it easier. Look, there was a the guy I had a guy on six in the last six months who was talking about just eating um, like a carnivore diet. And while he was yep. talking, I, I heard thought, him. I thought like, huh, this works for somebody. Great. Like, I don't think I'm going to do it, but I understand Hadn't it. You try, didn't you try it? I did try it a little bit. And yeah. after a while, I'm like, oh, I don't want all this meat. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do that because that's, I don't need that much fat. And, and I, like, I miss, I love veggies. I mean, I, oh, veggies, well, and veggies that, are life. I don't need that much fat is important. And I, I'm sorry, we'll let you go. But there is, I've learned an amount of, as crazy as it's going to sound, sugar, and it's not a lot. But if I go completely off sugar, my insides don't work as well. I need a tiny little bit, but not like 
pouring it on things. I mean, like I need stuff that has a little like, I'll, I'll, you know, if you make a, you know, a tomato sauce, it might have a couple of tablespoons of sugar in it, you know, like right. like that kind of thing. Like I just I, a little bit of it is better for me than none. And um, when I go completely off sugar, I don't do as well. And I'm not saying I need probably it. haven't gone off of it long enough. It's possible. That's just, that's just saying. No, just I, saying. I 100% could believe that. But I also, yeah. Susan, I got other stuff to do. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and I'm I'm all for it. I mean, what's what I say? I'm I'm grumpy, I'm lazy, and I'm old. Yeah. That's, well, it works for me. And I wish, I wish um, more people would be open to at least trying it. Trying it with their kiddos. I had a kindergartner in my class last week, T1D. I went into the teacher's lounge at lunch and just put my head down and cried. Bad blood because sugars all over the place. I saw Crazy. what he I saw what he had for breakfast. I saw what he had for snack. And I walked him into the lunchroom and opened his lunchbox with him. Yeah. And I, nauseating, physically nauseous because of what those numbers look like to me. I hear and I do, not, I do not blame his mama. Absolutely. I do not blame his daddy. Definitely don't blame him. I think that it's, most people yeah. will figure out how to eat at some point. I really do. Like, I, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. So I, I think th- I'll leave you with this idea. The people yeah. you see online are a very small fraction of the people that exist. Oh, they are. Yeah. Definitely. Right. So there are plenty of people who have that problem. They get help. They figure out how to do it. And then I think they move on to a part of their life where it's not an issue anymore and they don't have to worry about it. So that's always my knock on wood hope. Um, but I, I really, really, this was terrific. I really appreciate you doing this and uh, I want to thank you. Thank again. you. I'm, it's getting hot in the closet now, so I'm going to open the door. <laughs> going to let you out of the closet. A huge thanks to Susan for coming on the show and talking about eating low carb and of course the rest of her story. Thanks to to Dexcom, makers of the G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, and Omnipod, makers of, ooh, the Omnipod. Actually, it's Insulet who makes Omnipod, but I don't usually say it like that, because Dexcom makes the G6, but Omnipod makes the Omnipod. Isn't that interesting branding information? Not really, right? MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Get your free no obligation demo or see if you're eligible for that 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. And of course, at Dexcom dot com forward slash juice box you can learn all about and get started with the dexcom g6 i know that we mentioned the facebook group for the podcast a couple of times it's called juice box podcast type 1 diabetes just search it there's a couple of questions that make sure you're not like a a spammer and then you're uh, in that's it thanks so much for listening I'll be back soon with more episodes of the Juicebox podcast.